Hello, this is Brian Bullington, and I am pastor of New Song Family Church in Ventuk, Namibia. I'm so glad that you have joined us today, and it's my prayer that this podcast message will help you to grow closer to Jesus as you walk daily with him. He answered, I will stay here until you return. Gideon hurried home and cooked a young goat, and with a basket of flour he baked some bread without yeast. Then carrying the meat in a basket and the broth in a pot, he brought them out and presented them to the angel who was under the great tree. The angel of God said to him, place the meat and the unleavened bread on this rock and pour the broth over it. Gideon did as he was told. Then the angel of the Lord touched the meat and bread with the tip of the staff in his hand. And a, and a fire flamed up from the rock and consumed all he had brought. And the angel of the Lord disappeared. When Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he cried out, O sovereign Lord, I'm doomed. I've seen an angel of the Lord face to face. It is all right, God replied. Do not be afraid. You will not die. And Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and named it Yahweh Shalom, which means the Lord is peace. And the altar remains in Ophrah, in the land of the clan of Abiezer, to this day. That night the Lord said to Gideon, Take a second bull from your father's herd, one that is seven years old. Pull down your father's altar to Baal, and cut down the Asherah pole standing beside it. Then build an altar to the Lord, where this, here on this hilltop, laying the stones carefully. Sacrifice the bull as a burnt offering on the altar, using, using as fuel the wood of the Asherah pole you cut down. So Gideon took ten of his servants and did as the Lord commanded, but he did it at night because he was afraid the other members of his father's household and the people of the town would find out. Early the next morning, as the people of the town began to stir, someone discovered that the altar of Baal had been broken down and the Asherah pole beside it had been cut down. And in their place, a new altar had been built, and on it were the remains of the bull that had been sacrificed. And the people said to each other, Who did this? And after asking around and making, uh, making a careful search, they learned that it was Gideon, son of Joash. Bring your son, the men of the town demanded of Joash. He must die for destroying the altar of Baal and for cutting down the Asherah pole. But Joash shouted to the mob that confronted him, Why are you defending Baal? Will, will you argue his case? Whoever pleads in his case will be put to death by morning. If Baal is truly a god, let him defend himself and destroy the one who broke down his altar. From then on, Gideon was called Jerubbaal, which means let Baal defend himself, because he broke down Baal's altar. Soon afterwards, the armies of Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east uh, formed an alliance against Israel and crossed the Jordan, camping in the, in the valley of Jezreel. And then the spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon with power, and he blew a ram's horn as, as, a call to, as a call to arms. And the men of the clan of Abiezer came with him. And he also sent messages to, to Manasseh, to Asher, to Zebulun, to Naphtali, summoning warriors, and all of them responded. Then Gideon said to God, If you are truly going to use me to rescue Israel, as you promised, prove it to me in this way. I'll put a wool fleece on the threshing floor tonight. If the fleece is wet with dew in the morning, but the ground is dry, then I'll know that you are going to help me rescue Israel as you promised. And that is just what happened. Then Gideon got up early the next morning, squeezed the fleece, and wrung out a whole bowl full of water. Then Gideon said to God, Please don't be angry with me, 
but let me make one more request. Let me use the fleece for one more test. This time, let the fleece remain dry while the ground around is wet with dew. So that night, God did as Gideon asked. The fleece was dry in the morning, but the ground was covered with dew. God speaks to his mighty hero hiding in this wine press. Right? And, and Gideon is, 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 as you read the story, he's not someone that's disobedient. He's someone that is gripped with fear. And as, as, as God is calling him to, and, and saying mighty hero, I can almost imagine Gideon going like, who are you talking to? Right? Your voice is coming here, but maybe there's someone behind me that you should be speaking to. And God calls him to this great task. Become the judge, the one who will rescue Israel, the one I will use to, to, to rescue Israel from the Midianites. Become that person. And he is terrified. What does he do? He, he does what a lot of us do. Uh, when we're faced with something and we want to ignore it, we shift the attention to something else. Right? He says this. Instead of going like, oh, what do you mean? How do we do this? Uh, what do you mean I should rescue? Do I, do I gather some armies? He goes, no, 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 no. If the Lord was with us, why has this happened to us? So now he's shifting blame. He's, he's, he's trying to, to, to redirect. And the thing about God is, even though this, he's blaming God, God pays no notice. He's almost like, yeah, I know what you're doing. You're trying, you're trying to go around this. Let's stick to what we're talking about. And he asks God, do you really care? And God, he doesn't even respond to him. He says, go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. Right? And Gideon, of course, responds, but how can I? I I'm from the smallest clan in the tribe of Manasseh, and of all, of all those people, I'm the weakest. He's saying, I am the worst person for this job. Right? I don't even have a CV. Why am I here? Right? And God says, he replies and he says, I will be with you. It's almost like who he is in that moment does not matter. Those words from God, I will be with you. Those are the important words. So Gideon, as, as, he, as, he, as he hears this and, and, and God commands him to go over and to, 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 to break, this, break down this altar to, to Baal and this Asherah pole, these, these places of, of foreign worship and these altars raised to these foreign gods, he decides, you know, I'm going to do it. I'm going to obey. So we see he's an obedient person, but he decides, I'm going to do this at night so nobody sees me. That's why I say I think he has a fear of man, a huge fear of people. Even though he's talking to the living God in that moment, he's still thinking about what if they find out. But he goes, he obeys God anyways. And he does it undercover, but of course the very next day comes to light. And his father speaks out and defends him in that moment. says, let Baal speak for himself. I, I, I wonder what, what um, Gideon would have said in this moment. Would he have tried to deny it? Would he just have run off into the bushes? I, I always wonder. And I see him standing behind his dad, just being 
completely quiet, trying to make sure that he's completely covered by, by his dad. And I see a huge dad standing there. Could have been the other way around. But here he is, and, and after this, and he sees that nothing actually happened to me. He obeyed God. Nothing happened. He starts to gain a little bit of confidence. Right? He starts to put a little more faith in God, and it says that the Spirit of God came upon him. And then he sends him for a big task now. As this army now is, is amassing against Israel, the stakes are getting higher. So he says, okay, God, that worked. Let's do one more test. And he does the test with, with, the, with the fleece. And it confirms that God is sending him. So in verse 7, So Jerubbaal, that is Gideon, and his army got up early and went as far as the spring of Harod. And the armies of Midian were camped north of them in the valley near the hill of Morah. Then Gideon said, You have too many warriors. Then the Lord said to Gideon, You have too many warriors with you. If I let you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they saved themselves by their own strength. Therefore, tell the people, whoever is timid or afraid may leave this mountain and go home. So 22,000 of them went home, leaving only 10,000 who were willing to fight. But the Lord told Gideon, there are still too many. Bring them down to the spring, and I will test them to determine who will go and who will not. And this is where I say that the Old Testament is really interesting because I never would have used this as a test to decide who goes to fight and who stays. So Gideon took his warriors down to the water and the Lord told him, divide the men into two groups. So in the one group, put all those who cup the water in their hands and then in, in the other, put the people who lap the water up like dogs. In the other group, put all those who kneel down and drink with their mouths in the stream. First of all, why is that even an option in your mind? Why would you go down like an animal and just start to lap it up? Why? Yeah. Only 300 of the men. This is 300 of 10,000 people. Did it the way we would all do it, like this. And the Lord told Gideon, with these 300 men, I will, rescue and give, I will rescue you and give you victory over the Midianites. Send all the others home. So Gideon collected the provisions and the ram horns of the other warriors and sent them home. But he kept 300 men with him. The Midianite camp was, was in the valley just below Gideon. And that night the Lord said, get up, go down to, into the Midianite camp, for I have given you victory over them. But if you are afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant Pura. Listen to what the Midianites are saying, and you will be greatly encouraged. Then you will be eager to attack. So Gideon took Pura and went down to the edge of the enemy camp, and the armies of Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east had settled in the valley like a swarm of locusts. Their camels were like the grains of sand on the seashore, too many to count. And Gideon crept up just as a man was telling his company about a dream. I had this dream, and in my dream, a loaf of barley bread came tumbling down into the Midianite camp. It hit a tent, turned it over, and knocked it flat. His company answered, your dream can only mean one thing. God has given Gideon of jo 
the son of Joash, the Israelite, victor, victory over Midian and all its allies. Then Gideon heard the dream. When Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he bowed in worship before the Lord. Then he returned to the Israelite camp and shouted, Get up, for the Lord has given your victory over the Midianite hordes. Then he divided the 300 men into three groups and gave each man a ram's horn and a clay jar with a torch in it. Then he said to them, Keep your eyes on me. When I come to the edge of the camp, do just as I do. And as soon as I and those who are with me blow ram's horns, blow your horns too. And all around the, all around the entire camp and shout, For the Lord and for Gideon. It was just after midnight, after the changing of the God, when Gideon and the hundred men with him reached the edge of the Midianite camp. And suddenly they blew the ram's horn and broke their clay jars. Then all three groups blew their horns and broke their jars. And they held blazing torches in their left hands and horns in their right hands. And they all shouted, A sword for the Lord and for Gideon. And each man stood at position around the camp and watched as all the Midianites rushed around in panic and shouting as they ran to escape. When the 300 Israelites blew their ram's horns, the Lord caused the warriors in the camp to fight against each other. And those who were not killed fled to places far away, as far away as Bethshita and Zerera. And at the border of Abel-Mehola, near Tabath. These are great names. Then Gideon sent for warriors to, for, of Naphtali, of Asher, and, and Manasseh, who joined in chasing the army of Midian. And Gideon also sent messengers throughout the hill country of Ephraim, saying, come down to attack the Midianites. Cut them off at the shallow crossings of the Jordan River at Beth Barah. So all the men of Ephraim did as they were told, and they camped at Oreb and, and Zeb. And the two Midianite commanders killing uh, they, camped, they, they, sorry, they captured Oreb and Zeb, the two Midianite commanders, killing uh, Oreb at the rock of Oreb and Zeb at the winepress of Zeb. And they continued to chase the Midianites. Afterwards, the Israelites brought herds at uh, the heads of, of Oreb and, and um, Zeb to Gideon, who was by the Jordan River. So as, 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 as Gideon obeyed, uh, he started to gain confidence in who his God was. And it got me thinking, as I often have to, to fight this in myself, to stand and, and to be courageous and, and to stand for what God calls me to do. A lot of times I want to do what God calls me to do. But also this, this thing of wanting to be accepted by all those around me pulls me one side. I know I should fear God above all else, but I also want the love of people and the affirmation of people. And this is, this is a, a battle, and I'm sure it's a battle for all of us. I know there are people that we don't really care what they think of us, but we have those people who are dear to us, that their opinion, their opinion of us means the world to us. And their disagreement crushes us, and their agreement makes us happy. And it's a battle to, to, to stand against them when they're doing something that God is against, and God is calling you to go the opposite direction. But God uses these battles to, to grow us. Every single instance here, God used to, to, to grow Gideon. He starts, he starts off with something small. Go and tear down the altars. And God doesn't reprimand him for doing it at night. God goes like, okay, you're obeying me. It's, it's in the middle of the night and, and you're scared, but you're obeying me. 
and God builds on him. And as you, as you look back at, at all these uh, heroes of the faith, I think of people like Abraham. I think of people um, like, uh, like Moses. Moses, who when he started off, said, I can't speak. Send, send, send me with someone. I, I just can't speak. And, and they give him, they send, he sends him with Aaron, and Aaron is, is, is the one who speaks. But you see, over the years, he gains confidence in who his God is. And his God makes him this mighty leader. You, you see someone like Jacob who was known for being a deceiver who would lie and escape. And at some point, God leads him to a land and, and, and he, he finds a, a wife and he has to, to struggle there with his father-in-law. And at some point, he wrestles with God himself. And God transforms him into this mighty warrior. Transforms him into someone who, when his brother comes towards him, the next time he doesn't run off. He actually meets him face to face. It's God who who grows us, but he does this as we obey him. Jesus has started a work of salvation in us, and he will use battles and the hard things to shape us. He will use those things to make us his mighty warriors. It says in Hebrews uh, 12 verse 2, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. This is a process. It starts whenever it started and it will continue until the day that we see Jesus, that we are with him face to face, that he'll continue to work on us. This is a classic account, and, and all of this happened, and, and, and I'm sure there were people who gave glory to Gideon, but I'm sure the majority knew who he was. Probably as this mild-mannered guy who would never stand up for himself. And God does this intentionally. He uses the underdog because he says, all the nations will know that the God of Israel is the one who has rescued you. And he uses us. And many times when God calls me to do things like, why me? Why me? When when God was calling me to to share my faith uh, with with family members, I thought, you know, God, I am the quietest of all of my family. There are people far more outspoken that you could have used for this. And he says, you go. God uses the the Davids to defeat the Goliaths and the the Moses to to go against Pharaoh and the Gideon to go against the Midianites. And he chooses us so that all glory goes to God. But we can't claim it for ourselves. So I I have a, a new understanding of this story that every single shortcoming of ours, every single insecurity, uh, every single vice, every single sin that we struggle with is an opportunity for God's glory to be shown if we will let him. If we will submit to God and say, God, I cannot do this on my own. If we are honest to him and say, I'm useless in this situation. If we can be a Gideon and saying, I'm the least of the least, but then turn and say, but I will do what you call me to do. I don't want to speak to this person about you, but I'll stumble through my words in obedience to you. 
I do not want to love this person, but I will grit my teeth as I am kind to them. I don't want to live as an honest businessman when uh, people left, right, and center are taking bribes and, and, and going other routes to get wealth. But I will stand in poverty to honor you. Are we willing to do that? Are we willing to say that, God, I am sinful and I don't deserve to, to be part of your plan, but I will submit to you? And I, will, and I will live so that people will see that your grace is sufficient every day, that your grace and mercy carry me every single day. Will we do that? See, God is, is not looking for the perfect person. He didn't go and choose a warrior. He chose a man hiding in a hole. And he says, will you follow me? So he calls us to do the same thing. He says, I know you're scared. I know, I know that you're not worthy of this, but will you follow me? I want us to, 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 to spend time um, thinking about those things, and, and, and let's close our, our time in some prayer, and really come before God and, and bring your shortcomings to him. And say, God, maybe these are things that I've used to, to excuse myself from serving you. Maybe these are things that I've used to say, no, God, I, I can't be part of this because I'll mess up your plan. And this is the time to say, God, I want to come with my shortcomings. I want to come with my sin. I want to come with my insecurity. I want to come with my fear. But I want to obey you. And I trust that you will make me mighty for your purposes. Let's spend some time praying and I'll close our time.
Jesus, we thank you that um, you're the one who, who fights and wins the battle. Uh, and we thank you, Jesus, that we can rest completely in you and in your strength. Thank you, Jesus, for, for what you've called us to, a task that is beyond us, but then you call us to walk with you. Uh, uh, Jesus, thank you that, that you use the frail and weak things of this world and the wise, the unwise things to shame the wise. And thank you, God, that we can be used as, as objects to glorify you. Jesus, we praise you and, and we worship you. And I pray that we would come with, with willingness, come with our fear, come with our sin, come with our insecurities, come, come with all our failures, but, but still come. But still say, Lord Jesus, I submit everything to you. I am not perfect, but I will pursue you. God, thank you so much for, for calling us to this amazing purpose. And thank you, Jesus, that, that you are refining us and you're making us more and more and more like you. What a, what a, what a treasure it is that we who were objects of, of wrath, who were doing nothing but destroying ourselves and, and all around us, that you then take us there and use us to build your kingdom. Thank you so much for that. So God, just as uh, Gideon did, I pray that we'd submit to, to you, who is where all, all strength and might and power comes from. Lord God, uh, I know that as we submit to you, you will do great things. Uh, as we affirm that you are the one who is powerful, you will do great things. So I pray that you lead us, Lord, as a church to, to submit to you, to come to you as weak and frail people, and, and to become mighty warriors for your purposes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is Rico Vecca, and I am also a pastor at New Song Family Church. I want to thank you for listening to this message today, and it is my hope that you will join us again for another New Song Family Church podcast.